all that was running through my mind during the entirety of our fight was do not punch Dave Bautista in the face. And if you do punch Dave Bautista in the face, everyone's going to know because there's going to be gold makeup on his purple face. That is what's going to happen. <laughs> and there's going to be no, do you know what I mean? Like It was that other gold guy. It wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't me. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, I'm Josh Horowitz, and we've got a BAFTA winner, an Emmy nominee, a man who loves to cover himself in gold. He loves singing TLC. He's the newest star of the MCU. It's Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 3's Will Poulter. Hey, Will. Oh, Josh, how are you? That's a, that's a very... Uh lovely intro that made me sound like like I have a proper job and I'm a real human and all of that stuff but you are a man you. of a many talents <laughs> and we're going to get into all of it I want to remind the listeners the viewers however you're consuming this uh do us a solid you know hit the like subscribe comment do mm -hmm. the things you're supposed to do don't disappoint Please. it's not about me it's about disappointing Will who who mm. needs validation like all of us I'll cry I'll straight up cry <laughs> I'll cry on this platform uh, I should say, as we launch in, Will, um, I've been given license. We're not going to run this until after the spoiler embargo is up. So we're going to get into a oh. couple things in here. And audience out there, I'll give you some warning. But we'll, we'll we'll spoil a couple things about some fun things in Guardians as we progress. Okay, cool. 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 Yeah, that sounds good to me. I never get to go into spoiler territory. So I appreciate you. Uh, I think it's exciting that you have the key to that room. Yeah, well, someone told me. Hopefully, I won't be fired and you won't be fired. It's too late now, <laughs> Fingers right? Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. So um, this is uh, this is our first deep dive. This we, Our paths have mm. crossed over the years at various times. Um, yep. I keep having the same kind of conversation with folks, but it's true. I love like charting, like stopping in on the ride, the roller coaster of a career. And Aww. and this is a this is a marker. This is a moment, isn't it? Um, it it does feel cool. And, and honestly, Josh, it's really nice to chat to you because you know, um, you as an actor do press and you do a lot of interviews. And I sincerely mean this, that any time you've come into a room, it's been a breath of fresh air. And that's with no kind of uh, intention to speak disparagingly about anyone else, but just your interviews no, I want, always been so much no, fun. I want you to bring you others to call out. People out. It's not okay. enough for you to be nice to me. People. I need you to be you <laughs> mean <laughs> to your peers. I'm a mess. No, I need I, it. I, no, it's very sweet, buddy. <laughs> it really is. And so it's very nice to do a longer format, you know, a, a, a deep dive, as you put it with you. I'm uh, more, than, more than happy to do it. It's, it's, uh, it's a joy. Well, right back at you, buddy. And this is a, this is a big moment. I was so excited when you were cast in this because this combines, look, as you know by now, having worked with them, this is a great crew to be associated with. Marvel generally, but specifically mm. this group. Talk to me mm. about, though, okay, you sign on to something like this. There's baggage is a bad word, but there's a lot that goes into a decision like this. Obviously, mm -hmm. almost any actor would want this kind of opportunity, but I don't know. Is there trepidation? Is there like, oh, this is going to be the next seven years of my life? Is this right for me? Is this taking me down a path I don't need or want? Or give me, put mm. me in your head back when this came around. No, I think it's a fair question. You know, the, the obvious, um, you know, privilege and, and, and excitement of the whole ordeal notwithstanding i mean you know your your first i think instinct genuinely is is you know uh feeling kind of very very lucky to be welcomed into a world that is characterized by such a committed and passionate fan base um that you know is also predicated on the contributions of so many you know incredibly talented people and so to be kind of welcomed into a space that has such a kind of amazing legacy attached to it and such a incredible history of success that's that's super lovely and all wonderful things i think with that there's also a certain amount of pressure right yeah. um and i think there is also a thought that like as good as all those things are and like this analogy is like worryingly on the nose for adam warlock but like you know there is elements of like is, is it a golden cage you know what I mean? Like it's gold, it's very pretty, but is it is it is it stopping you from doing other things? And and I think ultimately, you know, I, I, it, the the whole experience of being involved in Marvel, at least to date, and being involved in this this movie has only really kind of translated to you know a positive experience for me, and um, you know just a really really wonderful you know opportunities off the off the back of it. So I'm I'm immensely grateful, and that sense that oh God, I'm I'm you know trapped by Marvel is just not really a 
that hasn't been my uh, that hasn't been my experience. And, well, you just um, need to look at. Incredible- yeah, no, sorry. I mean, I'm just gonna say you just need to look at the other actors. Obviously, the caliber, but then also, like you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is not wanting for other work. Like he's he's making it work. <laughs> they're, 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 it, there's a way to do it. Um, right, so. right. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, at the point that you have, you know, the the you know uh, Angela Bassett's and the um, sure. Tilda Swinton's and the you know uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's of this world you know in in these films I think you have to assume that you know actors are giving given license creatively to go and explore other avenues and, and do things that are you know in a different bracket so um, Marvel have been super supportive of that and they you know they really really do care about um, the quality they're not just looking to like churn things out nilly willy you know i think i think the the size of marvel and the the scope of their programming is so large that um sometimes people can kind of uh sort of i think confuse that for kind of quantity over quality but but you know the 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 folks at the top are i mean deeply and passionately invested in the quality of the material not to mention again like james gunn is like th- these are passion projects. These are like this is this guy isn't this is not a money job. This is like of his soul, right. and you feel it yeah. in every frame of that movie. Hundred um, percent, man. James is a prime example of that. So, talk to me a little bit about like your history with like Marvel and DC. Did you have you been up for other things? Is this the first time you've had a shot? I can't believe that. I feel like there have been spandex. <clears throat> laden auditions in your past at some point <laughs> um there have been misses on my part i'll tell you that I've, I've, a few misfires josh i'll be honest with you um i i've i've had you know the occasional brush with a kind of superhero project here and there i don't think i've ever really sincerely got close um Is, but are you, you able know, to really, say one that you really wanted even if you didn't come close was there one that you were like when you heard it announced like oh i could actually see myself in that um i mean i love i think chloe Zhao is such a brilliant director so i was very excited about um eternals and that was one where i was like oh i'd love to be in that and i i didn't i didn't manage to get in um but uh i think she's fantastic and i think um yeah, you know, but but similarly, you know, I'm a huge fan of James Gunn and, and genuinely, you know, of all the films within the kind of Marvel universe, Guardians of the Galaxy was my kind of favorite. So to end yeah. up in that one feels, yeah, incredibly, incredibly fortunate. How how embarrassing is the audition for this? Is it, uh, does it take everything out of your soul to like it's pretend to be? It's well, Apparently it's it pretty is. watchable. Apparently some people liked it. <laughs> I think all my auditions are unwatchable. I don't know how I've ever got a job from an audition. I'm such a bad auditioner. Um, I'm 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 a I'm a marginally uh, less terrible taper. If I'm asked to tape right. uh, on my own accord, and I have the freedom to mess up as many times as I want, right. um, and sort of yell at myself and and uh, <laughs> swear at myself and berate myself. Uh, you know, you just have to edit it out of what you send them. At least you don't want to hear the self-flagellation yeah. Yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I put R-rated before all my tapes, right, just right. so people know that you know, there's a lot of swearing, <laughs> a lot of self-hatred in there. No, I, 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 I'm a slightly better taper, but okay. um, uh, you know, in the room auditions, absolutely terrifies me. And you know, you know, on account of COVID, and I think where I was based being London, um, a lot of it was was virtual anyway. But then inevitably, right. you know, with it being a Marvel project. Um, and the stage that I'm at in my career, I had to go and screen test. And um, I was very grateful for that opportunity. Nervous during said opportunity, but um, went went out to Atlanta and screen tested. And, um, you know, the, the nice thing is, is that James is very, very good at making people feel at ease and comfortable. And he really kind of took the weight out of the occasion, I think, just by being kind and supportive. And the same was true when I stepped on set. You know, he was very, very encouraging. And, um, you know, where I lacked belief, he uh, he was kind enough to, to give me some. So, okay, I'm going to give some spoiler warning. So feel free, like, from here on out um, mm. to, to, to talk a little bit more openly about what you've done with the character, what James did with the character here. Uh, if you mm-hmm. have not seen Guardians, go ahead 10 minutes in the conversation. You know what to do. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> How 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 is how is this character described to you in the like what's this what's the character description in the script that's what's the introduction read is the music cue in there give me like a sense of what's on the page yeah the the music cue was was in there um, which was very very cool and actually the cool thing about that was 
when I got handed the script, I simultaneously got sent the track list. I simultaneously got sent the soundtrack, which is just so, oh, cool. yeah. you know, yeah, it's so kind of so singular as an experience, so true of James and how, um, how well and, and conscientiously he kind of integrates music into his films. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, upon hearing that intro track, I was, I was pretty stoked. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know quite honestly, if there was a, a, a very detailed description of Adam or what he looked like, I will say that I think the version of Adam that James wanted to create was fully formed in his mind. Yeah. And I was just fortunate that along the way and over the course of the audition process, my interpretation kind of began to align with James and we just kind of agreed, you know, we settled on a point so that by the time we got to set, we both kind of had a, we both, and this is my, obviously the kind of ideal way to do do things without um, uh, kind of closing the door off to the opportunity to experiment or whatever, you and the director both have the kind of a synchronized idea of what the, of what the yeah. character should look like. Yeah. So exactly. what, so what, what was your kind of guiding light guiding principle? Like if you had to sum up sort of like your and James, like where you came together, what, what is this Adam Warlock all about for you? I think, I think simply put, it's a young being trying to uh, navigate the world he finds himself in all the many worlds that he finds himself in and kind of carve out his personality. And it's the sort of early phases of a self-development journey. It's in that respect, a very kind of human experience. Um, it is kind of exploring the human condition and that's what I could get my teeth into, you know, even if I was sort of head to toe in gold and flying around in a, you know, costume with a cape, like, um, Spoiler, I have a cape. Um, <laughs> people are furious. I can feel it. People are furious. A cape? Um, <laughs> you want the full um, superhero experience. You got to have a cape. Come on. You got to have a cape. You got to have a cape. At least, at least until um, I get beaten up um, right. quite quite badly and they, they rip the cape off me. But, you know, even with those elements kind of pulling you in a different direction, I think it was, it was helpful to have such a kind of um, just human and psychologically relatable experience to kind of get my teeth into. So early on in the film, you have this huge sequence where you just kick the ass out of the Guardians. You just like one by one go through them, <laughs> culminating with Bautista of all people. So talk to me about like what's what's it like to shoot that sequence and to go toe to toe with like, I mean, Dave Bautista. Yeah. Come on, doesn't get yeah. much more intimidating than that. You know what? I mean, in fairness to the Guardians, they all get their licks in, you know, uh, as well. And like, I feel like it's a it's a relatively even fight, maybe up until the end when I get the, the the upper hand. I will say that Dave is like, Dave is just pure class in every sense. Um, he's so talented um, and he's so lovely. Um, he's also so scarily proficient at the fight choreography thing and so effortless with it that kind of the ideal person to, to do that sort of thing with um, but naturally, all that was running through my mind during the entirety of our fight was do not punch Dave Batista in the face. And if you do punch Dave Batista in the face, everyone's going to know because there's going to be gold makeup on his purple face. That is what's going to happen. <laughs> and there's going to be no, do you know what I mean? Like It was that other gold guy. It wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that that was running through my head nonstop. And you know, I, I grew up watching Dave as well. I haven't told Dave this and I, I, I would never want to kind of embarrass uh, embarrass him. But, you know, I, I grew up kind of watching Dave and, and um, you know, also really admiring what he did in Guardians as a as an actor. So to suddenly be like toe to toe with him and doing that scene was was very bizarre, but um, really, really fun. And then um, and then Karen Gillan, Nebula, she she shows me what's what and 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 exactly why you don't mess with the guardians lightly so by the end and look a lot's been made about the physicality the transformation for you in this role and it just goes with the territory mm. of a character like this i guess if you're going right. to do that you want the shirtless scene like you don't want to then like cover it up you want to be like hey i put in the effort give me some shirtless action or no are you like <laughs> what was your attitude <laughs> so about the stuff funny. towards the end of the film where you're like basically half naked 
basically half naked. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I think you're right in the sense that it's just part and parcel of what the character, you know, uh, is at that stage, and 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 it's all kind of circumstantial. Um, I was really lucky that I was able to kind of prepare for that in a way that didn't kind of erode too much of my mental and physical health. Marvel were very, very supportive. No one kind of pressurized me into anything or um, held me to any kind of like, um, you know, really, really harsh um, standards. I don't, I don't think. And, and um, you know, I just gave it my best shot in a way that was safe and natural and um, yeah. protected my, my long-term mental and physical health. And I was able to do that with the help of, three amazing guys ben caraway um who designed my program and um trained me and patched me up and mended me all the way through um aaron deer my nutritionist who's wonderful and daryl richards who's uh, another great trainer and the three of those dudes um kind of uh you know helped me give it my best shot you know it's it's a superhero i'm a human that i was only going to get so close um i think less like Oh, I wanted a shirtless scene more like I could have done with some like spotlights. I would have loved like a little bit of more help in that department. You know, sure. if I'm putting in requests um, <laughs> <laughs> or just, or just someone else's body would have been much easier. Um, but uh, yeah, um, no, it was, it was actually a process that I was, I ended up kind of, you know, enjoying the challenge of, but it, but yeah. it, but it was easily the hardest thing I've ever done as well. And, and also something that was very purpose, uh, purpose-led you know it's it's not something i would recommend doing you know um uh, in everyday life purely because i don't think superhero physiques whatever that looks like and i don't even know if i got that myself is something that you know necessarily people should be aspiring to in their totally. everyday life um but covering yourself yeah. in gold that's that's a that's that's a goal those are goals that's, that's the new a, trend you're starting right, right now absolutely start with a gold bath i think everyone yeah deserves that <laughs> So it's an interesting film in that it's like it's it's a film about endings and beginnings, right? It's a film about the end of the Guardians. And it's also, you know, who knows where this goes? Obviously, no one has the answer right now. I know you don't have the answer. But again, spoiler alert, post credit scene, new Guardian. We have a new team. And you're a part right. of it. You are, you're a Guardian of the Galaxy, along with Groot and, of course, Rocket leading the way, Kraglin. Um, mm. did that excite you when you come to that page and you see like, oh, this is, this is the potential beginning of, we'll see where this goes, but there's a seed of something here. Yeah, hugely. I mean, it was about September of last year and I had heard, oh, there might be some reshoots. There might be some reshoots. And I was a bit apprehensive about that because I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to have to reshoot all of my stuff. They're going to reshoot everything I did. They're just going to reshoot everything I did. <laughs> CGI someone else's head on my body. You know, um, then they're going to put in the other body that I spoke about. You know, um, right. I was like panicking. I was in full catastrophe mode. And then they were like, oh, we're not doing any reshoots. We're going to do a fun like tag scene. We're going to do like an end of credit scene. And I was stoked. And then I read that scene and I was... I mean, ecstatic and honored, you know, to put on that Guardians costume and be among that group. And Sean Gunn, who I think is incredible as Craglin, so funny in this movie, like kills in all of his moments. You know, Maria, who's brilliant um, as Cosmo the dog. Cosmo, yep. Um, Young Filer, unbelievable. Um, You know, uh, and then, of course, to be there with with Groot and, and, and Rocket too. It was like really, really cool to be in that in that band um and i felt very lucky so i, I know you you it's it's feige and then polter who calls all the shots um that we know this right so if it were up to you what are you green lighting are you green lighting you oh know the revamped guardians four like what do you what do you want out of the future not to be greedy but look you don't sign up to something like this just to do it once <laughs> what do you want to do with adam warlock in the future i oh gosh um if i have my way if 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 I could handle more than one human being schedule and I can barely do that. Um, I listen, man, I, I feel so lucky to have experienced what I've experienced today. I would of course love to continue the kind of evolution of Adam and, um, you know, really kind of explore that, that self-development journey further, you know, uh, continue his kind of um, maturation arc. I've been using the word maturation. I'm not actually knowing if that's a real word, but like just continue to mature him and and um, see where he where he goes. And honestly, wherever that takes him is 
is kind of you know at least in a, in a in a in a literal sense in terms of like what movies he crosses over with or whether he has his own thing or anything like that I, I really don't know and i i honestly care less about that than i do just the opportunity to kind of explore the character's arc fully because i think james gave me a wonderful opportunity to kind of introduce him yeah and i think you know um by the end of the movie i felt like um you know i was in a kind of exciting position whereby i could you know potentially sort of take him forward having made a decision about what his moral compass is and you know what his value system is you know a little bit more than certainly when you first meet him in the movie let me set the scene for you guys okay we've all been here you're trying to find a cause for your symptoms it could be anything it could be that bump or bruise it could be that itch what is it what's the deal so you go down that TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Well, there are better ways to get the answers you want, guys, and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not, frankly, random people on the internet. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience that you want and indeed deserve. No more Dr. Roulette scouring the internet for questionable reviews with ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and their schedule just right. So go to ZocDoc.com happysad and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com, slash happy sad. ZocDoc.com, slash happy sad. This is already flying by. We haven't even gone backwards in the, in the career, but let's talk a little bit. Mm. Let's go backwards. Talk to me about young Will. How would friends mm. and family have described boyhood will poulter what were you what were you like as a kid what were the defining characteristics of oh my gosh how will um to be honest josh like very uh, the, the term that got applied to me a lot was uh was oversensitive i did get that a, a lot and not by my own family members or like loved ones but i was quite uh i, I like i like cried easily and and got got upset and um, struggled with mental health from from a young age. Um, I think one thing my family would probably describe me as is like um, quite kind of probably quite precocious. Like I think one of my ways of like uh, kind of dealing with with all of that was to sort of explore character and crack a lot of jokes and do a lot of impressions, etc. And I don't know how much my family enjoyed that as much as they kind of tolerated that. But um, you know, I always wanted to sort of play characters and 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 act and perform because it was something of an escape i think and sure. um something of a way of kind of dealing with with what i now know you know retrospectively to be kind of mental health issues and drama and performance and acting kind of saved me so my family and friends when i was a kid were very very um supportive of me doing that because i think they recognized what an important outlet it was for me and you know i i also feel passionately about the arts and about the arts being available to young people because um, it was such an enormous outlet for me. It kind of saved me in so many respects. And I think it's really important that, you know, it continues to be an avenue for young people to explore because um, while we, of course, you know, need people to continue um, uh, to, you know, succeed in the world of academia, we, we need artists too, you know, we need creatives yeah. and we need to, we need to support that. And I think it's so admirable that you've talked so openly over the years. And this is not a new thing. You've been an anti-bullying advocate for over a decade, talking about anxiety and mental health. And the more we can talk about this stuff openly, obviously destigmatizes it. And it's just going to yeah. it's going to be a sea change for generations, which is which is huge. I'm curious for you so. personally, mm. has it helped you talking so openly about it? Like on a personal level, is it is that is that helpful? I think it has yeah i i think i think it has um josh and my my kind of um you know the the syntax that i use you know around the subject of mental health is constantly kind of evolving and um i think you know normalizing conversations about it has been particularly helpful um and yeah you know i think also in 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 this industry which can be quite kind of taxing on one's mental health um it's been kind of especially important um just to 
to talk about it on the platform that I'm lucky enough to have as well. Um, yeah. You know, because it, it, it can be a very lonely, isolating experience. And um, I think it's very easy to kind of compare yourself to other people and assume that, you know, they're not necessarily kind of going through something um, similar, similar to you. And, and there can be shame around that. And as you said, you know, the, the, the experience is so um, stigmatized still. So um, wherever it's been possible to talk about it and in a way that I hope serves other people, I, I've tried, um, but it serves me too. You know, it, 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 it definitely helps me in terms of just normalizing the experience. Well, you're also in a very unique kind of profession where you're, you know, a public personality, whether you like, like it or not, you're out there. And mm. you're also in a position where even the best actors, I literally just had this conversation with another, uh, Elle Fanning the other day, who's grown up in the industry. Oh, wow. right? And she's fantastic. Amazing. Right. But like even the Elle Fannings, the Will Poulters, the, the greatest of the greats rejection 80% of the time, like from right. the start. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. and see, and even that, that to hear that Elle is experiencing that is crazy to me. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah well. and she's been doing it since she was two. Um, mm. So talk to me about, does that get easier? Have you found coping mechanisms where, you know, you put, you pin your hopes and dreams on a roll and you start to imagine something that's going to change your life personally and professionally. And then for a thousand different reasons, it doesn't happen. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think I need to start getting better at that. I'm 30 and uh, I definitely need to stop becoming emotionally attached to roles. I can allow myself to, you know, fall in love with characters or with the idea of working with a filmmaker, uh, you know, and kind of run away in my mind about what that could be and how that would look. And then, you know, I, I don't get it. I get beaten out by someone who's better for it or, um, as you said, there's, there's a myriad of reasons. So you have to learn to kind of accept, you know, yeah. the, the reality of what it is to be an actor, which is that it is characterized by, you know, a, a good deal of rejection. I think what I do try and remind myself of is just how lucky I've been and, you know, how, you know, various privileges and, and my privilege profile has afforded me a, a great deal of opportunity. Um, so, you know, I, I can't have too many complaints and, and certainly my, my introduction into the industry, which was, you know, a film when I was 12, you know, I was very lucky that that kind of came my way and that, that opportunity was presented to me. Son of Rambo, by the way, and this, this is so weird because literally I was just talking to Elle about 2007 Sundance when I met Elle for the first time, oh, she no was way. eight years old with the nines. And that was my, and that was where Son of Rambo debuted as well, as I recall. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Oh, I didn't realize that that's wow. 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 Yeah. And I guess I would have been 13 or something around Amazing. that time. And yeah. And Sundance was this like mythical land, you know, where movies went. So I heard, and I, I didn't know what our film going Sundance meant and then right. I kind of actually knew even less when I heard it's been bought by Paramount and you know it wasn't until I started seeing posters you know worldwide and uh you know seeing the films kind of distributed as widely as it did get distributed it kind of dawned on me what had happened we were this kind of little engine that could and we superseded all expectations we you know we we made it for eight weeks during the summer holidays on a very small budget and for it to to kind of do what it did it, it totally changed my life and, I, and i'm forever indebted to you know garth jennings and nick goldsmith um yeah. the director and producer respectively um and susie figures who cast me because you know i couldn't have asked for a more kind of wholesome and, and kinder introduction to to this to this game so a couple of the other notable films i want to hit before we run out of time um i mm -hmm. guess probably our paths probably started to cross especially in the mtv world with where the millers i think that got yeah. you some some movie awards as i recall um yeah. wait here's a here's a fun fact that i that i'm fascinated by and maybe it didn't hit you because it was pre pre you adam driver was almost scotty p have you heard that he was cast as scotty p in that movie i no i have not heard that this is the the lore that he uh, scheduling or something happened, and I I guess he never shot it. But imagine the alternate universe, Adam Driver in that room I mean, for a moment. <laughs> I guarantee you would have crushed. Um, that's so funny. That's yeah. so funny. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Mind I, I genuinely I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Mind. Blown, it may or may sure. not be true. Who knows? We'll we'll see. But yeah. But um. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You, 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 it, ironic, you've worked with the great Michael Keaton. I saw Dope Sick was one of my favorite shows, by the way, in the last couple oh, of years. Thanks, like, man. Stellar work. If people have not checked it out, Caitlin Deaver breaks your heart. Michael She's Keaton, unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's um, unbelievable. 
did did you and Keaton do you do you recognize? I don't know if you ever saw the other guys. You and Michael Keaton have two characters very closely associated with TLC. <laughs> Bizarre. By the way, Michael Keaton's character in the other guys, where for anyone who hasn't seen it, where he's like moonlighting as a Bed Bath and Beyond manager. <laughs> while also holding down his job as like the head of the precinct, like right. as a cop is so funny. And the other sprinkling of oddity over that character is that he just randomly refers to TLC. He makes random TLC references. But won't acknowledge without, it. Won't, yeah, exactly. won't acknowledge that it's a TLC. <laughs> it's one of my favorite character quirks. I mean, I love Adam McKay. I think he's genius. Will Ferrell's one of my favorites of all time. And, and I, I think, Michael absolutely crushes in that, and 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 me and Caitlin would regularly, you know, fanboy secretly uh, over over Michael, um, you know, and all the various incredible performances he's turned in. But honestly, one of my favorites amongst yeah. it all, Underrated. amongst the Birdman's and the Batman's and everything in between, you know, the other guys. It is so funny. <laughs> and, Wait, did did I hear correctly yeah. that he he talked to you about the costume? Uh, in terms of the superhero it's... costume, obviously Michael Keaton has some experience in this. Batman, mm. Mm. you worked with Michael Keaton on Dope Sick, and then you get cast, and he gives you some Adam Warlock advice, or what? He does. It was really, it was really bizarre. He was, he was so encouraging and and amazing to me um, while we were shooting Dope Sick. Like really, really wonderful. Um, all while shouldering this incredibly you know taxing, you know, and and emotionally intense kind of performance. He managed to find time to just kind of be really wonderful to me and i think we were in the green room before going onto a panel or before introducing a screening of something a dope sick it was kind of around the emmy sort of you know yeah. kind of time right and he was asking me questions about guardians and he was giving me some advice about the suit and he was like just just be aware like you'll do all the working out and this and the other and then you'll put the suit on and it might be a little bit different and like you know it was really funny hearing about his experiences with it and um yeah i mean you know on guardians we're, we're so blessed to have judiana head of costume who did everything she could to try and make the, the costume kind of um more sort of wearable and, and flexible um right. and then also i had uh the most incredible stunt person um in ben jenkins doubling me so you know whether i could tie my shoe or not yeah, just as a superhero was kind of irrelevant because Ben could do backflips in the costume. So it was, right. it was cool. We well, got after yeah, infamously back in the day, I feel like Michael like could, could like he, the reason he, he moved like this is Batman is they couldn't like figure out how to move his head separately, essentially. Yeah, that's I think ultimately what he said. He was like, and he worked so hard, he trained so hard, and he'd done all this kind of you know physical work to sort of get bigger and then he said it kind of worked against him because it just made the costume sort of tighter and harder to move around in he was like i should have just he said i should have just like tried to lose as much weight as possible but he was very funny about it and, and and as i say you know um just very supportive of me all the way through dope sick and all the way through the marvel experience too i know we, we could have a six-hour conversation about the experience of the revenant oh um, is it not six it's not six hours i've, I've booked out six hours <laughs> So if you have that to would go, break, fine, that would break the up. record for happy second piece. Let's do it. Let's make it a telethon. We're raising money, guys. Oh, <laughs> I'm down. I'm down, genuinely. All right, let's talk a little Revenant. Revenant, yes. Um, which is such a singular experience in all respects. Inari mm. to Leo, Tom Hardy. Mm. You you knew what you were getting into, but you didn't know what you were getting into, right? Like you can only know so much. You hear like, oh, we're gonna be what was it, Calgary? Like seven months. Um, yes. Shooting sequence, continuous shots. That all sounds hard, but yeah, I'm I'm a pro. I know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> how shocking was it that it was as hard as it was? Yeah, little do I know. Yeah, I think nothing really could have prepared me for how how difficult it was. I mean, again, like the the top note is you lucky bleep. Like, of course, how relative to I, you're my not age. mining coal. I get yeah, it. Yeah, we're exactly. Good. <laughs> like my my age to be on that set, you know, opposite you know, actors I'd really admired for a long time. And in the hands of, you know, Alejandro and, and Chivo, uh, Manuel Lubieski, the DOP, and and that, you know, crew um, alone, it was it was a enormous privilege to be there. But man, if I may say, was it cold? I mean, it was just, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm from London. Yeah, yeah, I know what cold is. I'm good, I'm good. Nah, I had absolutely, we had a day where the camera froze 
because it was so cold. You know, we were in the minus 30s and it was just it was just mad. Um, you seem and... like a forever changed man. When this comes up in interviews, I've watched a few leading into this. It feels like when, when Revenant comes up, it's like it's PTSD. It's a shiver. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> reach for the reach for a sweater, blanket, whatever I can get my hands on. Yeah, it's um, it was it was it was a very physically and emotionally intense experience. Yeah. Um, but I learned a lot. Um, you know, uh, just even by observing, just by standing around and watching, you know, everyone go to work. And I mean, in many respects, I think it will be the hardest thing I ever make. Like, I, I'd be shocked uh, if you know anything else is is made in the same way again, just because it was so ambitious to shoot in those locations using solely natural light for the length of time that we did with those kind of shot lengths. It was yeah. just like. Um, and those and the complexity of those sequences, it, it was it was wild, and 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 there may well be I shouldn't say there should be there won't be something like that again in the future, but I think the likelihood that I'll be involved in it is pretty low, only because I just think they're so they're so difficult to make those films, and sure. and they're so few and far between. Um, you know, yeah. you know r bizarrely, yesterday on my Twitter feed, I saw there's a rumor going around that they are now Leo is developing with Inaritu a sequel to The Revenant. Oh, I did I I have not heard. I have not heard this. That has that like like the fact that I almost worked with Adam Driver. Damn it, uh, <laughs> that has landed on me uh, fresh. I'm here, I'm here to deliver the news. Um, I, I'm <laughs> I'm continually fascinated, and I say this with love. The eccentricity of Tom Hardy. I'm 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 right. obsessed with Tom. He is an amazing screen presence. He's There's no one like actor. him. Yeah. But like, was he in character? Was he kind of on his own wavelength? Is that intimidating to be around what Tom was doing? No, you know, Tom, Tom has his own, his own process entirely. And, and, you know, more often than not, it was just kind of, you know, amazing to watch someone like that, you know, click into gear. And um, no, he wasn't, he wasn't like, a, it's it's funny because the, the, the sort of rumors and the, the rumor mill around that whole movie was really interesting. You know, I, I regularly hear different rumors about things that happened on set or what, just because I think there's so much was made of how kind of, right catastrophic and simultaneously kind of magnificent the whole you know construction of the movie was or whatever but um no tom wasn't like solely in character all the okay. way all the way through but um it was really cool to watch him do his thing uh when when he was when he was in gear and um you know he does a great job as, as fitzgerald and obviously a lot of our stuff was together and kind of going yeah. toe to toe so it um it was also you know it was all part of the challenge and um i had a I had a lot of fun on the revenant as well as well as it being really difficult i had a lot of fun too must be satisfying after a day's work on that you're like i did the work i we put it we all put in the work yeah right? yeah i think we all yeah. felt like at the end of the day we, we'd earned our you know we'd earned our sleep um and and that that's a nice feeling I think one of the more underappreciated, underseen films in recent years that people should take note of is Detroit um, from the great Catherine mm. Bigelow. Such a, you know, people beautiful. people assign, you know, the 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 important thing, like it's an important movie, you know, like, mm. and that can have connotations, but it's it's like a, it's a great piece of art. And it really, it, it, yeah. it speaks to those times, our times where stuff we're dealing with. And I know, um, mm. yeah, Bigelow is, is, is one of the best, period. Talk to me about, oh it seems gosh. like from, from what I've heard you talk about, something like that almost kind of spoils you, doesn't it? Because it's like a great like creative yeah. experience. And you're also getting that added kind of juice, that like satisfaction of like, we're dealing with real shit. We're dealing with like stuff that's like consequential to like lives mm -hmm. back then and today. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the, the experience of Detroit was really life-changing for me um, in, in kind of every sense. I think both, you know, as an actor, but probably more so as a, as a person, just as far as the kind of education that I received um, in tandem with, you know, the, the prep that was attached to the film. I was fortunate enough to um, uh, get a kind of education in uh, African-American history yeah. um, from Ziza Delgado, who's an expert in that field. And, um, you know, learn about black history in a way that I hadn't really at all formally because it's not embedded in the national curriculum where I went to school and not enough is taught, I think, about black history. And I think often black history is reduced uh, and over distilled um, and only really spoken about in terms of suffrage 
um, and and not enough uh, in the context of the many kind of great contributions that have been made to history by black people. So um, getting a better understanding of that and then also simultaneously unpacking my own privilege and understanding, you know, um, you know, my history as a white person a little bit better um, was was critical and and it helped me approach the role you know in a very kind of particular way um and it helped me i think kind of serve the story better and ultimately the goal which you touched on which i think was to draw attention to the fact that yes we were depicting you know real life events in 1967 that was certainly a focus but i think more so than anything else it was draw it was to draw attention to the fact that exactly 50 years later not enough had changed and there'd right. been some wonderful work done by people in the social justice space with regards to racial discrimination, racism, uh, you know, um, racialized police brutality. But the exact same thing was happening with the exact same consequence on the streets while we were shooting the movie. You know, police officers were killing unarmed black people and they were not being held accountable and they were getting away with it. And to as an actor you know it's important not to kind of conflate whatever contributions you're able to make to that of you know the the people who actively work in that space full time and you know you know real activists you know real policy makers real um you know um i want to say social justice influencers but it's a rare opportunity as an actor to even lend your voice to a project that is seeking to go beyond just kind of being as you as you said i think a, a really great piece of art I, I i agree i think catherine made that um but it also contributed to a conversation that really needed furthering and really yeah. needed bolstering and, and i'm very very proud to been part of that cast and um you know uh, immensely grateful for the education that i received in the process yeah, I mean, in a much different way, we were talking about Dope Sick. That's another one that kind of checks all those boxes. Like, it, it, it's weird to talk about something like a satisfying entertainment, and it, mm. it, entertainment's the wrong word, but it it's right. It's satisfying as someone that is that that likes that enjoys seeing well crafted art, and th these are two great examples of it. Um, yeah. Yo, so thank you. I appreciate that. On a much more trivial note, um, mm. who's got, who's got who's got better taste in film, you or Jack Rayner? Um, Jack Rayner, without a question. Jack Rayner is a prolific cinephile, and I know. it's I, yeah. I, yeah. I marvel at him. He's amazing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know Jack a bit. He's been on the pod, and he 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 made mm. me feel like, oh wait, we should not trade jobs because I can't do your job. But you know, film, you have a much more sophisticated sense <laughs> of film than I do. Oh, uh, I, I imagine me sat at a bar with Jack Rayner and Ari Aster as they discuss oh my, yeah. like, the most out, niche. <laughs> yeah. Can I'm we like, talk about I'm Princess gonna... Bride or something, guys? Yeah. Like, what's <laughs> Exactly. When you guys want to talk about Hook, right? Yes, exactly. I'll be we'll talk here. about Hook. Until then, I'll be here sipping my <laughs> sipping my drink. No, and, and by the way, I just want to put some respect on Hook. It's my favorite film of all time and probably will always be. But um, that doesn't change the fact that those two have... I mean, encyclopedic knowledge of, of film. And uh, yeah, I felt very inferior in their company. Yeah. Um, another great one, Mid Midsommar. I love that one. Um, are you, uh, mm -hmm. do, do you chase filmmakers like in a, in a good way? Like you see like you, someone you respect and you're like, oh yeah. Hey, team Poulter, oh, yeah. put me in a room. Let me have lunch. Oh, like I'm, I'm completely shameless. I will, I will beg for, for, for roles uh, in things from people that I love. And, you know, I'm really, I'm really fortunate. I mean, you know, Catherine Bigelow was a director who, you know, she had been someone who the prospect of working with her had always been on my bucket list. Mm. Um, and and for that to kind of organically come about through, you know, uh, quite a lengthy audition process, but eventually come my way was a dream come true. That's happened with people like Barry Jenkins as well. Right, um, right. You right, know, yeah. who Barry Jenkins and I actually connected through Twitter um, funny enough originally but um, you know Barry saw Detroit and was very kind about it I'd seen everything that Barry ever made and and loved it all um, so when that kind of thing happens it, it's so wonderful and then you know I've got fanboy energy I can't hide it there are people that I'm just like desperate to to work with and and I can't I can't contain it and I I also think to a degree you know life is short and right. I think there is a need to give people their 
you know, flowers while they're here. And um, so I try and kind of justify my fanboy energy with that, that it's like, oh. well, you know, I feel like if I'm a fan of someone's work, you know, I really kind of want to communicate that um, as as much as possible because, um, you know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed for anyone. And and I think ultimately, I guess in the, in the spirit of sort of um, it being a positive thing to to share that sort of news or that kind of opinion, I, I feel like why not share it? Okay, so so th- throw a few out there. Who have you either chased and with that in said, the process of I chasing? Just... Yeah, exactly. The scrolls, the, out the scroll. journals. <laughs> Uh, yeah you just hear the printer i'll be right with you um no um, which letter would you like to concentrate on yeah who's, who's on the list is it the oh same is it, is it the ptas the all the andersons the i don't know what do you got it, it is a lot of the i mean um reynaldo marcus green um oh. who i would call a friend as well but i think he's phenomenal just so versatile and and i'd, I'd love to work with, with with reynaldo um i would love to work with lynn ramsey she makes masterpieces and so sparingly that you know it, there's long periods in between her films but there's yes. a reason because she's she's you know building rome each time i saw um, i saw you talking about one that didn't get enough attention was uh you were never really here is a great one i agree with you there the uh, with joaquin great piece of work that movie. and kind of like almost close movie. to like a genre film for her it's kind of amazing yeah check it out absolutely yeah it's like when ramsey does taken it's kind of crazy (laughs) yeah it's exactly in it but it's still so obviously her movie and and so 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 lynn ramsey's definitely um up there for me as well those are those are the two that kind of come to mind right right off the bat um i mean steve mcqueen's always been on my my list of like dream people to to work with um adam mckay too um uh Andrea Arnold. I mean, I've got a long list to be okay. honest. Okay. Okay. Uh, we haven't seen you sing, I think, on film since the aforementioned "Were the Millers" TLC. Mm. Is mm. that is that an aspiration, an interest? Did, did you go up for cats? I, what's the I, What's the deal? Well, I did a. I did. I did. A, I actually did a musical with oh. the amazing Naomi Aki, um, oh. who plays Whitney. Yeah. Yeah, in, of um I want to dance with somebody. Um, Naomi is extraordinary, has the most beautiful voice. And I just did my best to kind of fade into the background and, and sing underneath her voice um, wherever possible. And with Johnny Flynn, who is uh, on top of being a brilliant actor, a, a wonderful musician. It was all Johnny's original music. And um, we did this um, really sweet uh, independent film called The Score, um, uh, kind of at the end of the pandemic. So like when okay. we were first able to kind of get back onto film sets in the UK, and that was that was such a fun experience, man. I mean, I do not have a particularly good voice at all. Um, I sang a bit when I was younger, and then I kind of stopped training my voice and lost my way a little bit. And it's something I'd like to kind of get back because the experience of that, um, and you know, I think thanks to Johnny Flynn being very patient and probably some clever editing, I had a really fun time singing, and and I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, it was it was a cool, it was it was it was a fun time. Are you going to use this kind of new, newly buffed up bod for good? Are you going to go James Bond or Superman? Is that is that are those on the list? If you had to choose, I'm offering you. I'm offering you both. Will James You're Bond or Superman? Me both of those. I have the power. My I'm God. the mayor of Hollywood. Congratulations. If, if, we, <laughs> if we thought they were furious about the tape spoiler, wait till they find out I've been offered both of those. People are going to go. Um, no, I. Oh gosh, I don't honestly think either of those are in the cards for me but i i um i i don't know man i've been i love food so much that i don't i'm not no trying good. to it's so like, good. maintain anything right now yeah i just it's the, <laughs> one of the best things about life after my family it's food and then mm. it's film i'll be real with you yeah. um so I, I i do i do love it i'm actually going to a, a restaurant called clover hill today which i'm very excited Ooh, about okay. um which is um it's the uh, it's the only Michelin star held by a black chef in the country, which is an indictment That's of insane. the yeah. Michelin system more than anything else. Um, and uh, one of four held by black chefs since the uh, since the, um, the Michelin Guide started or whatever. But I'm very very excited about it. And uh, yeah, I just uh, food is 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 a huge navigator of my decisions. Um, I hear you. So yeah, so. 
I get it. I get it. Superman can wait. This guy needs his pasta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I know we're a little over time, but let's do a little uh, happy, sad, confused, profoundly random questioning for you. These are some Please. random questions. Um, do you collect anything, Will? Trainers, uh, sneakers. Sne Thank uh, you for the translation. The, yeah, sorry. The transatlantic <laughs> translation. Uh, yeah, sneakers. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the wallpaper on your phone? It is um, my family. Um, it's a picture of my family. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Oh, oh, that is, as a kid, I mean, uh, that is really hard. Lord of the Potter? I don't know. <laughs> I, that's really... <laughs> That's really that's hard. Wait, can I can yeah. I ask you an, an even more annoying question that I meant to bring up, and maybe you'll hate me Go. for this? Because you, for you, you you were cast in Lord of the Rings, and to this our is point, where I'm struggling with that question a bit. Yeah, I'm like, oh, because I I genuinely love both. Yeah. To our to our point earlier, did, did so? Yeah, you would have to go with Lord of the Rings. Then you're saying, yes, yeah. I think so, probably. So to our point earlier, you sign on for something like Lord of the Rings. You must have imagined like oh, this is going to be the next five years of my life. And then for a variety of reasons, like a scheduling, et cetera, it doesn't yeah. happen. Was that, was that a blow? Were you passionate about being in that project at the time? Oh my gosh, very much so. Very much so. And, and um, you know, it really was truly at the end of the day, a, a scheduling thing, a change to how it was going to be scheduled kind of relatively last minute. Um, and so I, I kind of had to, I had to, I had to let it go. Um, but, you know, I was really flattered to have been, you know, um, given that given that role in in a show that you know was just chock full of people at the top of their game. I mean, like yeah. that that the crew that they were assembling was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of a an unfortunate situation, but I, I'm grateful to have been in consideration for the time that I was. And then and then it kind of on the flip side of it, there's the famous it story. But that that was a that was mm. a tangent. filmmaker, Kari Fukunaga, who was like he you were his guy. And I that will always be a version of it that I would love to have seen. Um right, right. Like does that is that weird for you? Like, did you ever see it or was it too close because like you were so close to that? Oh like, no, I, watch I it. did see it. No, I did see it, and I thought Bill Skarsgård did such a great job. Um, and I think Andy Machetti directed a great movie um you know and 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 like i think that it folks did brilliantly and and you know um it just it just wasn't to be at the time and uh and that's okay and that that's that's also part part of the industry you know um it's also really nice when you when you see that thing to go on and it be good and still satisfy the fans right. and you know what i mean and and it's even better when your friends end up and stuff i mean me and jack rayner go up against each other the whole time and jack's beating me to things and i probably haven't beaten him to anything actually now I think about it out loud but you know we we go up against each other all the time and that's that's part and parcel of the the process and if your friend ends up getting a role it's much better than someone you don't know I don't want someone yeah. I don't know to get the role that I wanted that hurts did you um, did you get but, did you get the Han Solo audition like Jack did yeah but I got down to like the last 9,000 whereas Jack Rayner got down to like the last cut you know it's like it's a bit different um yeah, how was your Han yeah. did you get did you get a like a did you get yeah. the any props anything or I don't even oh no dude I didn't get that but they didn't let me you know near probably anything that was real in terms of scripted <laughs> material I was auditioning with like I think someone cut out the back of a cereal box and asked me to read it on tape it wasn't like a real audition really um, I never, I never made it past the, uh, the the very early stages. Did Did you have a um, last thing on the front? Did you have a take on Pennywise? Like, did you have a different kind of take on what your Pennywise was going to be? Yeah, I think I did it because it was a, it was kind of a response to what was a different movie ultimately. Um, and yeah, um, I, I can't honestly, genuinely, with any real accuracy, tell you what that what that was. Now, um, it was just very different. It was just yeah. very different tonally. But um, as I say, I think they did a great job with the movie and, and like uh, Andy and, and and his team are, are lovely. And Bill well, Bill killed it. He did. He was great. Um, last yeah. person you were mistaken for. Oh my gosh. Um, I just, I just, because I just have some really funny ones. Um, Jesse Plemons happened. Like I had that happen Ooh. recently, which is, you know, I'm quite tempted not to correct people. He's so great. He's quite good. good to go. 
thank you so much. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, he's he's fantastic. So Jesse Jesse Plemons, it felt a bit felt a bit wrong. I I you know even the fact that it crossed my mind, I was like, oh, someone thinks I'm Jesse Plemons. That's nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the What's the worst note a director has ever given you? You know the late great Michael Apted, who I love and I owe a huge debt to. And he directed the third Voyage of the Dawn Treader, uh, third, third Narnia, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And I love him so much. And he was very uh, lean in his direction, which is something I appreciated because yeah. I went from Son of Rambo where I was kind of not mollycoddled, but like I was, it was very much, it was, I was very much kind of like nested into that scenario and, and, and I needed that. And Garth was yeah. like my film dad. And then I went to, you know, almost like this kind of like boarding school-esque environment in Australia where like Michael Apsid was like the kind of slightly scary principal, like incredibly talented and amazing experience. But like, I was a little bit scared of Michael, you know, because sure. he was very authoritative and he was sparing with his encouragement. And I remember him once saying to me, he said, um, uh, don't do that. Um, that's uh, bad. And I was like, right, okay, that's pretty clear don't do that because that's bad and I remember that but honestly it helped me we were really rushed and I really needed to yeah just get to the next decision point. one yeah. way or another and so yeah. did he and he just eliminated that choice for me and I was like I was really grateful for that <laughs> and all the other times he was nothing other than just like accurate and and encouraging when he needed to be but not you know overdoing it in praise and it actually brought the best out of me yeah. Um, and it matured me and it really helped me and and I'm really grateful and I've got nothing but good things to say about the, about the man but it wasn't so much a bad note it was just like it was just a really funny one Ooh, don't do yeah. that that's bad and I was like <laughs> that it won't be the last time that I it won't be the last time that the director thinks that but you might be the only person who says it in those terms and respect <laughs> to you sir you were yeah. a child nonetheless you were pretty young <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah 16 17 that, that, yeah, that put some hairs that. on your okay. chest that kind of thought yeah yeah okay. name drop for me for a second you get a text from a certain celebrity that you happen to know uh, your heart skips a beat what, who's somebody you know when you get the text and their name pops up you're like i know this person they're texting i'll me. tell you for me it's chefs like oh. chefs to me are rock stars yeah like they're rock stars they're film you know stars there pop star whoever you kind of idolize chefs so like um and i can't really i can't really necessarily say one over the other because i don't want to upset any of the <laughs> this chefs is the important stuff yeah the yeah, actors exactly. screw them but i don't want to make a good meal yeah exactly. my life's over <laughs> yeah yeah um, um so it, it's chefs for me it's like okay. anyone who cooks food for a living i'm just like I love them. They're, you know, they're the, they're the, to me, they are responsible for the lifeblood of our existence. And I'm just like, that makes you the coolest. Okay. I know, I know we have to wrap really quickly mm. in the spirit of happy, sad, confused uh, actor that makes you happy. Uh, See them on screen. It makes them, you're like, Oh, this Robin is going to be Williams. fun. Great movie that makes you sad. Uh, close. Oh, I have to see that still. Lucas Stone, right? Yeah, that's on my list. Okay, I have Lucas to check Stone's it. Lucas Stone's phenomenal. Got to check it. Yeah. And finally, food that makes you confused, Will Poulter. Food that makes me confused. Oh, no, I need to do, I need to get this right. Food that makes me confused. This is what the important. As we know, food is the most important thing. So yeah, take your time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> There's our still, Lobster. there's our thumbnail. What, what, lobster. All shell. I think it's overrated. Whoa. Just lobster. I think lobster's overrated. I'm going to come out and say it. I think shrimp is quite often every bit as good, if not better. I think crawfish is superior. I, I, I would take scampi. I just, I'm just lobster. I think you pay a lot of money yeah. for something that is quite often overcooked and uh, yeah. melted butter is clearly giving yourself away. You're drowning it in melted butter because it's Anything's not Anything's going to taste okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd eat a flip-flop in melted butter. So, I like that we, we've, we got a rise out of you at the very end over lobster. <laughs> it took us an hour, but I we got there. I lost it. I absolutely <laughs> you went, went loco. off the hinges. Uh, well, uh, buddy, this has been uh, a blast. Congratulations 
on everything as if people need to the plug again gardens of the galaxy volume three fantastic now you've got some new insights some spoilers to see it again and yes. uh check out some of the movies and tv that we mentioned that you didn't check, you know see detroit yeah, go see dope sick see close see, yeah. i'm gonna go see close and report yeah, back absolutely. to absolutely see close uh, go check out everything lynn ramsey's ever made yeah truly 100%. Truly. Yeah. Uh, it's Thank good to you, catch Josh. up, man. Thanks as always. You too, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>